Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, good evening, good morning, whenever you're listening, and welcome to the Gallant View Rangers podcast. My name's Colm Duff, and I'm delighted to be your host this evening. This evening, in the third ever Gallant View Player of the Year Awards. Also, it's an inaugural, not inaugural, it's an annual show that we do, um, and we always try and get our a glad drag out, and you can see a couple of us got the memo. Andrew clearly didn't, but um, thanks very much for joining us tonight. We're going to run through um, who we think are as a as a podcast, as a collective group, who we voted as the stars of the season. Although we all agree it's not been a season to remember, it's still right to call it right. Who's who's been the glimmering hope? Here to join me to run through um, the. The highlights, first of all, Curry, how are you doing? I'm good, mate, thank you. Uh, it's nice to see that I decided to get dressed up in the proper attire. I did look I did look at the memo, of course. Oops. <laughs> 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 uh, so, uh, both of you are looking very spiv. I'm glad to see that you've managed to show me up once again. Uh, but I just hope that your court case goes to, to plan, guys. <laughs> Ah, well, here's hoping. Um, I'll get the best legal rep um, going. Um, just on the, the memo, uh, I'll be a bit uh, behind the, the fourth wall for the listeners here. Also, we have different hosts on different shows, and some of them are very, very well organised. I mean, I love when uh, Mason or David Potter course, they actually send a dissertation into the WhatsApp, here's what we've got to cover. I send it back to the fag packet version. I never send out anything in advance. Quarter past 11, I sent out an agenda this morning and it was said, dress to impress. Another man that didn't get the memo, Davey Pollock, here to join us. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Colin. This is my dress to impress. It's uh, <clears throat> stood me in good stead for uh, decades. 
So sorry about the. I, I could have put a shirt and tie on, but I'm far more comfortable in this. So my my apologies. No bother at all. Always good to have you on regardless. And last, by no means least, absolutely stealing the show tonight in the Player of the Year Awards. Andrew, how are you, my man? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I've seen some 007 comparisons. I, I would, you could call me 007 Co for the evening. Uh, just, uh, I, I was something I kind of, I messaged you during the week, Colin, and said, would it be funny like if I dress it up as if we're at New Edmonds and House of the Player of the Year? And I just went, hey, you know what? Just go for it. <laughs> Why not? Why not? There's something about getting dressed up to sit in your room and look in front of your laptop is uh is quite funny. So I I'm, I'm dressed to the nines. Yeah, I Kira before we uh, went live, Kira walked in to go and get her in the kitchen and she just walked past shaking her head at me. Um, but those who don't understand don't matter. Anyway, on to the show. Um uh, we shout out to everybody who's watching live on YouTube as well. So as we talk through the the awards and the nominations, get your comments in as well. You probably won't all agree with us, um, but it's good to get the chat going. Um, and obviously, hello to all the, the regular listeners too. Um, so, the agenda tonight, we're going to run through the, the men's goal of the year, the men's young player of the year, the women's player of the year, and the men's player of the year will finish. And we will be, um, you know, discussing any any close calls and ultimately who we voted as a podcast as the winner. But kicking us off then, Mark, I'm going to come to you. Goal of the year, before we tell the listeners um, who who's won the goal of the year, there's a few honourable mentions maybe. Um, I, I think probably the, the honourable mention that impressed me the most was Scott Arfield's goal at the end of a 60, 60 pass um, run a play against St Mirren. Um, that that probably in football in terms, that's probably up there with how well we've played in the passage of play this season. It was one, that's not the one I picked. Uh, obviously, people hear it when we go through them all, but that goal was tremendous. It was the, the, the actual build-up. It was funny because I think we were, everybody was saying the same thing at the same time, though, was that, it was pass and pass and pass. We're right. Go forward. Go forward. Go forward. Go forward. And then just just like that, our man of the moment, Mister Todd the Prod, just picks the ball, drives at them, takes it by. I think it was four of them, and left them for dead. Slipped a beautiful pass through Athame, Captain Arfield, and he just slotted it right in. It was a tremendous goal, and. It was one that I didn't even think of until it was brought up to chat. And I was like, do you want to know something? That could be a close contender for my goal of the season. But I did eventually. I picked another one that was probably a little bit less important, but was just stunning. Oh, we got a host on tonight. Oh. This is great. <laughs> Ticking all the boxes this season. No danger. That's, um, I, I was going to say that's the first time I've ever done it, but I'd be a, a fucking liar to say that. Um, I've done it all Davy Tomlinson and muted myself. Davy, um, that's probably the, the biggest mention that's caught my eye. Um, another couple of mentions were for Cholak's, um, some of his early goals in the season, but 
the vast, vast majority of us, in fact, I think six has voted um, for James Tavernier's free kick against Celtic at Parkhead. Um, I'll let you take this away because I know you voted for it as well. It was, it was a belter. Well, when I was watching that goal, I was obviously watching it on TV and <clears throat> there must have been a delay because there was a couple of pings on my phone so before he took the free kick, I was I'd gone from hopeful to very very hopeful that this ball was going to end up in the net. So I'd actually made the point of get get running around the room saying, "Come on, watch Tav's free kick in the house," because I was fairly confident that it was going to go in. So I watched it live, you know, sort of, but uh, I, I I knew I was I'd been kind of tipped off that it, it, the ball was going to go in the net. So. Just didn't know where and how it was going to work out, but uh, so my celebration was already worked out. It was uh, that was a fantastic moment, but what a strike! Absolutely sublime, you know, to uh, and get us back in that match. As it turns out, you know, we uh, we didn't quite manage to get the result out of it, but uh, the, the, what a goal that was! It was, I mean, Tavernier. I mean, he's scored a few like this, hasn't he? He's, you know, I'm thinking Easter Road. I'm, Tanadice, he's uh, won at Motherwell, which was an absolute perler. Uh, he scored a few, and, but this one, it was against them. It got us back in the match right at, at, at the end of the first half. I know, and, and and I think it was just added to that was the fact that I'd, I wasn't certain, but I was fairly certain that it was going to go in and just kind of added to it for me. But uh, what a strike. James Davernier, what a player. Andrew, um, it gets labelled at James Tavernier quite a lot that most of his roles come from free kick or penalties. And, you know, while that is true, it doesn't take away from the fact that he's very good at taking free kick, <laughs> kicks and penalties. This goal, this free kick goal, we've seen him do that time and time again. And we um, and it, it never gets any less impressive. No, I, I think he's one of the best strikers of the ball in the league. Um I, 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 that's from open play just as much as from the dead ball. Um, we've seen him score crackers in open play as well. One springs to mind was a, a good few years back now. Uh, it was under Cachinia, I think, at the time, against Partick Thistle. Just that kind of cushion and right foot um, just kind of gets up and over. It was If there was a wall there, it would have been perfect to get up and over. But again, um, it's something we've seen time and time again. We've been blessed to kind of... Uh, some really nice set uh, piece takers over the last few years. I know Borna gets a lot of slack, but he, he he's known for his free kicks as well. We've seen a couple of lovely ones from him. Tav is uh, that's up there with probably one of his best leadership performances at Parkhead. That's probably the toughest uh, the toughest environment you could take a Ranger squad the full house of, of that mob, um, with no no back and support in the corner. Um, but yeah, especially just about half time. You know, it was a good one to get to kind of get rally the troops. Um, and I, I was a, a peach. I was at work actually. It's a few games this season I missed live. They've been at work, and uh, a bit like uh, David, I got a ping from my, my football app saying goal Tavernier, and I went okay. What's this going to be? And my stream was a wee bit behind, um, and I see the fill at the edge of the box, and I went, he's not going to put this, and that's too close. That's too close in, and off the bar. Lovely, lovely finish and the celebration. I think that was a, that was probably his, his biggest leadership um, performance that day. Mark, I'll give you the last word on Tavernier's role at Parkhead. And again, at, back to the point about the free kicks he's had before. Where would you put this up with the James Tavernier free kick goals? Um, 
for me, it's my favourite probably was his first one at Easter Road back in uh, twenty sixteen. Um, I think this probably comes a, a close second for me. Where would you where would you rank it? Totally agree with me. Uh, but Andrew said I, I don't think I can say it better. It was Tav's best performance, uh, probably for two seasons. I would say. Uh, he did. He really showed, and you all know how, how I feel about Tav. Uh, and it was definitely his best performance that I'd seen, and he showed a bit of leadership. It was just a pity that it didn't mean much. But as in for technique and where he placed it, it was just perfect. Uh, it was just a pity that we never got the result with it. Uh, I, the one at the Easter Road that that was for the was that no for the right hand side though wasn't it? It I was aye aye. Uh, a couple of people in the chat are saying this. Uh, a couple of good goals as well. The uh, one against Dundee United, RFC seventy two. Yeah. Seen the one against Dundee United from about thirty five yards. That was a belter as well. Uh, I, I seen uh, somebody mention the Tillman goal as well. It's there was we did have a lot of good goals. Uh, we had important goals, uh, but the way I feel about Tav and and that day, I was so scunnered for the way we'd started the first half and the way we were, things were going. And it, it just seemed to inspire the team that day. And he was the one that did stand up and he was counted, which I wish... If I thought for a second that was going to be the Tav that we would get every game, I would never slag Tavernier off. But that it's he doesn't show it often enough for me. And that's the reason I put it off. But as for the goal, for me, that was my pick goal of the season. And I know you're no shy of criticising Tavernier, so you see you put that in the chat, I was like, I ah, see, that's, that just reaffirms how good a goal that really was, and you're right, it didn't mean anything in the end, and that's, um, you know, as I so want to take, but in terms of the quality of the goal, we've all agreed for the most part in the Gallenfield group chat that the 2022-2023 goal of the season showed James Tavernier's free kick against Celtic. So, Davey, um, I'm going to come to you next. I'm not going to leave the, the listeners um, hanging on suspense of who's won the young player of the year. You know, when uh, when I was thinking about the agenda for this pod, I was going to go who got the third most picks and who got the second most picks. I can't do that with this award because Malik Tillman got a full sweep. Eight votes for all eight podders who voted. Um it's pretty much the Malik Tillman Award this season. Um, there was um, maybe conversations I've seen in, in other group chats and other podcasts. Is he a contender for player of the year? Obviously, the Angels put him on the shortlist. But in terms of young player of the year, um, I, I don't think this could have ever been in, a, in any doubt, could it? I think you could make an argument that Malik clinched the young player of the year last August. When the night in, in Eindhoven, when he uh, nicked in, took the ball, rolled it to Tony Goals, and uh, popped it in, and we get the 1 0 win, which was probably our biggest result of the whole season to get us to get Rangers back to the Champions League. You know, the the end of that match is uh, absolutely seared in my memory just because of how nervous I was. I was sweating, literally sweating. But Malik made the difference that night, and uh, just by anticipating the the miscontrol of the PSV defender, taking the ball from him and having the, the presence of mind to cut it back to Antonio. 
absolutely superb. I think, you know, you could, but I mean, he's had moments like that throughout the season. He's had moments when he's pretty been anonymous, you know, but there are other moments when he's just, uh, he's a joy to watch. He's technically superb. I know we've, uh, we do have complaints from time to time, you know, but he's worked great, whether he's, you know, he's tracking back, defending, but I think he's, uh, he's, he's quite a good ball winner in midfield. And he uh, get, he's he's good at cutting across players. Now this boy is uh, has got it in spades. There's no doubt about that. Uh, as to whether we should be signing him, you know, permanently, I I don't think I'm I'm ready for that argument tonight. I'm just going to wallow in, in Malik's greatness as as young player of the year and, and say you know if he was to do the deal uh, and sign for us next season, no one will be more delighted than me. Mm. Well done, Malik. Well done, Malik. Um, Andrew, this is going to be a good wee bit of Malik arse-kissing um, over the next five, ten minutes or so, and I think rightly so. Um, Davy says he's not ready for the, the conversation about is he going to be here next year or no, because we do want to try and celebrate what we can tonight, and I don't know if we're ready to face that they have that hard-hitting conversation, but let's go on hypothetical. Hypothetically, Malik Tillman's a Rangers player come August. Where's his best position? The reason I ask you that is look at the the players that we're linked with, the players we're going to have next season. Uh, Rash and Campbell have made such a difference. Hadji's coming back, Tom Lawrence. Where does Malik Tillman fit in in this Rangers side if he's here in August? It's a weird one. Um, I kind of I, I thought he was a bit like a reboot in, in early days, from my opinion, and I, I always thought. Aribo was kind of wasted out wide because um, I prefer them in behind the striker. Those wee kind of delicate plays, um, they can go beyond the striker. He can slip the ball into the striker. Um, although that's the that's the main issue, I think, with the fact we've we've got we're linked with another midfielder. I think we're we're going to see see um, our our midfield spots um, slowly slipping away, and that's what worries me to the fact that um, we might not get him, um, regardless of going on to talk about price or whatever. Um, I think he could do a job out wide, but I think he is, is sometimes in that old firm games, uh, the old firm games we've seen him struggling to do the the defensive side of what that role is needed um, of him, uh, especially in a game like that. Uh, that's the only other issue I've got with that is that it's just Celtic is where he would struggle in that role. I think he gets away, he would get away with it easily in every other game, but in the game against Celtic where it's physical. You need to be doing both your job at both ends of the pitch. I think he was maybe struggling with that, similar to Joe Rebo. I think he really struggled with that because he's more of an offensive flash player, um, and that game requires a lot of defensive, um, um a lot, even more defensive mentality. Um, that's the only issue I've had with him. I think he's been superb. Um, most games I've seen him, I don't think of. The only old firm games is the ones I've said. Well, maybe it wasn't his best game, but then I could I chopped that off to he's still a young lad. Um, I think if, I'm certain if we we spent money on him, we'd earn it back because he's a bags of talent, bags of potential. Um, with uh, a few of the signings getting thrown around, that's the main thing is always going to be price for us. We don't have the luxury of say spending twenty million pounds on a a youngster that lights up such and such youth teams. Um, but. If if the price is right, I'd I'd sign it away today. Um, that's just the issue with Rangers. Uh, we don't have the ability to just pick and choose. I know. Going on the EBTs and the nineties, I'm afraid um, we we are where we are. Uh, 
Gary, I'll, I'll come to you. There's Davy. Um, Davy made a good point. Mally Tillman should have won the Young Player of the Year award um, in, in August. Way how quickly he hit the ground running. A lot's really made of his potential. And what if we spend this reported five million pound? We are really buying somebody who can add value to the squad here and now. Absolutely. But what we're paying for, a, we're paying more for the players who return that day. I'll put you in the spot here. Have you seen him improve since we first signed him in August? Do you think he's improved at all? Or do you think he's, he's just kept at the same level? I would say he improved. Aye. Uh, it was obvious he was going to be young player of the year because unfortunately the players that we were hoping to see come in this season didn't come in. There was Neil Lowry. We can't, Lowry never played enough game. Young Laddie King, it was unfair to put him into the position. He should have never been in there in the first place. I thought that he'd done hell of a well, considering he was playing some of the biggest teams in world football. So you can't, I can't really knock him. Uh, young Divine as well. We thought we'd maybe see some of him. We'd never seen him. So the only prominent young player that we ha- have really had is Cantmill. When he came in, he, he's a young boy. Has he got talent? Christ, I isn't he half. He, he showed it in games. I was just trying to think back of the games that he, he never had such a good game. Obviously, the, the old firm games, he never, he never, he's not played really well. But I'm just wondering, that age, where he's come from, he's never seen the likes of that. The crowd, the intensity of a game. It's just a 20-year-old boy. He, he might be playing for a big team. He's never played in front of a crowd like this before, so maybe that's affected him. So I'll give him a wee bit of leeway, but overall, he, he can't take that. He's scored important goals, he plays brilliant passes, he's technical. And, and as people, you can even see it in the chat there now. He's like, where his best position is? Oh, he's a number 10, oh, he's a, a best, best is a number nine, a false nine, a number 10. That's how much a, a player he is. The, the one thing that about getting them in is it was something that somebody else said from one of the other pods, and I can't remember which one it was. It might, might have been Stevie before lads. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, it was somebody else that made a brilliant point on him. If we buy him in, don't expect the amount of money you think we're going to get for reselling him. Because if we buy him for five or six million, Bayern have got the first choice to buy him back. And if they've set a price, say, about £10 million, and we've got him for three years, that means that that £5, £6 million is his wages that we're getting back for them. Because they could get him back and sell him for £20, £30 million, depending on how he, he develops right enough. It all depends. But the thing is, we're not going to make as much money as everybody thinks unless Bayern don't buy him back. And that's if he turns out to be a good player, they will buy him back and they will sell him right away for a profit. So, will we see a, a good amount of money? I mean, see, I, I was one of the ones that was on the book. The, 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 oh, amount of money, we need to get man, we need to get man. Even the money alone will make, it'll be worth it. But now that I've heard that side of the thing, I'm like, mm, I'm no quite as sure now, especially with the wee rumours that we're getting now. If the players that are coming in, I think there could be other players that are going to be brought in to take his place. Because for me, if he was going to 
want to be at Rangers, he would have already said, I'm going to be coming to Rangers because he's going to Bayern to see what they say first. So what are we, we, we setting cherry? Oh, if Bayern don't want me, I'll just go to Rangers. I, I don't like that. I don't like it at all. But we'll see. We'll see. Nice. If, he's, if Put it this way, right? See, see if he stays. He, he comes back. I'll be happy. If he does the... I'm not really bothered because th- I'm quite... Oh, I'm trying to pick a word. Hopeful on the way things are going now. With what Bill's, what's happening and what Bill's saying. So either way, I'd be okay. But by far, obviously, player... Not just player of the year for, for Rangers. He's been player, young player of the this season for the whole of the, the league. Aye, and he was recognised at the PFA Awards um, for being a young player of the year, and f- as far as I'm concerned, rightly so. Um, and there's been a couple of comments, um, very mixed opinions in um, the comments for the listeners, which probably summarises the range of support. I think we can all agree that he's a, you know, he's by far the the young player of the year, but is he what we need right now? Um, I think that's probably more of a discussion as well. I think he can add value. But you're, you're right, Mark. Um, I wouldn't hang my hat on it. I don't think that we should be building the team around anybody apart from one man that we might come to later on in one of the other discussions. Um, but, you know, I think he would, he would really add value if he was here. But, you know, I, I think it's really important that we don't just fixate on the potential money we can make. We need everybody to be contributing to a successful Rangers. Um, David, very last word on Malik Tillman, just because you said you wanted to avoid it. Jenkins will be here next season. Uh, I can think of pros and cons, con for for retaining and paying the fee for Malik Tillman. You know, so the cons would be that we're going to fork out several million pounds, and the question will arise whether you know we could get better value, you know, with that money for other positions, you know, and and, and really depending on how Michael Beale wants to set up the team. Uh, you know, finding the the round pegs for the round holes, so that you know the system he wants to put in place is uh, the players that are available to him will, will, will match that. So that the the thing is, I think that the, with better players around him, Malik Tillman will be a better player. Some people who can take the responsibility of kind of doing the Rottweiler stuff, because clearly he's not that type of player. I think he's he's quite capable, you know, ball winning. You know, I've seen lots of it when he when he, he can just with a touch to the side and then get his body in front of of opposition players wins the ball and, and each clean through. So, I, I, he is clearly a very talented player, technically superb. I don't think he's going to be like a John Lundstrom, toe to blood and thunder type player. He's never going to be that. But not nor would I want that to be honest, because I think he's uh, he's just too good a player. And, you know, he's just not that type of player. I think, I mean, remember that uh, he he scored the winner against Union Zanjalwa in the, in the previous round in the Champions League qualifiers, you know, with his, when he leapt about 18, 85 feet in the air to header it in. And, you know, it then, you know, was the, provided the assist for uh, the winner in Eindhoven. So I think he also suffered from playing in a Rangers team where the confidence, you know, throughout the, you know, the tail end of Geo's tenure, the, the, the confidence was dropping, you know, in, in that team. So I think it became more difficult for Malik Tillman to be the best player he can be. 
in that team, you know, and then obviously Michael Beale's picked it up and uh, what, what rolled on, you know, Michael Beale obviously needs to get a handle on what type of player Malik is, what he can contribute. And, and I think a couple of comments have already said he's a number 10. He's a number 10 all day for me. You know, that's where we should have him. That's where we get the best from him. And I think if Michael Beale can, can find the players that will fit roundabout, you know, the likes of Raskin, Cantwell, Malik Tillman, and then fill the other slots in our squad with, with you know, quality, which is, is at least approaching that level, then I think we could get uh, more out of Malik Tillman than what we've seen so far. So maybe we shouldn't be relying on Malik Tillman to be a Rottweiler. We should just get a Rottweiler to be a Rottweiler. Uh, so I, I'm kind of torn between whether we sign him or not. Uh, and I suppose a bird in the hands better than two in the bush sort of argument that if it was, you know, you were to put thumb screws on me, I, I would pay the fee for Malik Tillman. I would, I would just because we know he's a good player. We've, we've seen him this season. We know he can, big moments, Malik is capable. Obviously, and, and for, you know, some of the weaknesses in game, his game, then we can we can fill in with other players who can compensate for that. So I, I'm my vote is having swithered about it, I, I'm going with signing Malik. Obviously, he can take that decision right out of our hands by saying, no, no, I, I'm back to uh, Munich. So I can't see him playing for Bayern Munich. You know, having watched Bayern a couple of times in the Champions League, I don't think he's of the level to be, you know, breaking into their first team. But uh, certainly if he would have a choice of moves, you know, should he, he choose to move from, from Scotland? I um, I'm, I don't really want to tell you what my gut says about Malik Tillman because it changes every second day. Um, MD Do watches the Daily News show. Every time the conversation of Malik Tillman comes up, um, I am on record. I haven't changed my mind um, every second day. So my toppings worth isn't worth a toppings isn't worth a fuck when it comes to that. I really don't know what to do. So I'm not even going to embarrass myself again. Uh, but nonetheless, a massive well done to Malik Tillman on, you know, he's had that season so far. He's won He's really won the Rangers Young Player of the Year. He's won the PFA Player of the Year. But more importantly, he's won the Gallant Fuse Young Player of the Year. So a massive well done to Malik Tillman. Can we get an award for his editor, for his uh, his Instagram video the other day? For his, his, his highlights reel, I think his, his editor for that needs an award as well. Aye, we might try and give him a job on here. They do the old um, do the old graphics, um, so I'll be having a wee look at that, my man. Sticking with you, Andy, on to the next award. So it's the Women's Player of the Year. Um, before we announce who it is, I probably want to open up the discussion a wee bit around a couple of players who didn't want to were in the conversation and the women's team in general. So I'll be honest, we've been quite guilty as a pod um, of no gain at the, the time and attention that it, it really should. It has been... Uh, Curry's pointing to himself there. You know, we we have been inconsistent in terms of you know how much we get to watch it and you know how much we cover it on the pods. And rest assured, there is conversations going on in the background to get this address for next season, folks. So I'm not spoiled too much now, but it's in the works. Um, but Andrew, um, the women's team in general, it's it, been a bit of a mixed season. Um, they've obviously no hit the heights that they did last year where they, they ran away with the league. Been inconsistent in the league but they've got a, a league cup under the belt and after a, a few weeks where it looked as if they've just absolutely flung their chances away they're on course for a treble again. Obviously 
Heller dropped her Sunday this weekend and they're in the Scottish Cup final as well. So they've really showed a, a bit of metal to pull this back, haven't they? Oh well, yeah, I mean it's certainly been entertaining. I think if you for even the the the, the most uh, I'm trying to think of the word here. The people that, that aren't are completely against women's football, those those people who don't have this their single mindedness of football for men and they've got beers for the the beards. Um I think that would melt the the coldest of hearts. I think they've been to fall falling along with it. It's been it's been a real solid kind of comeback. I think we're it's it's the kind of rude just performance. We want that fight back. You know, like the we we'll, we we'll, we don't care if we go down to the wire as long as we win it. Um, I I think uh, it's still well and truly in their hands. I think the funny thing was we were I was speaking to my dad about it before. I think it was before the Celtic game actually. Sitting there in the in the stadium, going so so. Where are we then? How and we were talking about how we need to do it, and we went, ah, oh, they, they need to thump somebody, and then, and then lo and behold, Hearts get scudded, uh, and then the title race is back on. It's uh, it's going to go right down the wire, and it, it's, I'd, I'd encourage everyone to to grab a ticket. To, I know I know Rangers, the men's team are away in the Easter Road, but I think get get to Ibrox and and, and back the team. I think that it's definitely on on the cards. I think it's not it's not something where. It's, it's not impossible, I think, if we just need to go and keep doing the, what we've been doing the last few weeks. It's definitely possible, and good luck to them. Um, it, it would be great for them to, to bring another title home. Absolutely would. And just to like, echo what Andy said there, I, um, Rangers are playing the Easter Road um, at Hibs, um, playing at Hibs um, away. Jesus Christ, speak calling. Rangers are playing Hibs away at Easter Road, 12 o'clock kickoff. Rangers women are playing at Ibrox at a 10 past 4 kickoff. If you're a season ticket holder, it's something ridiculous like a £3 a ticket or something. Um, or for non season ticket holders, I think it's max a 10 a ticket. They've opened up um, more of the Sandy Jardin stand. Get yourselves along. It would be brilliant. Um, Rangers um, need to beat. Glasgow City and then beat Celtic on goal difference. Um, and there's not much in it at all. So. All three teams, Celtic, Glasgow City and Rangers, can all win the league. Rangers do have the home advantage, so let's get back and uh, if you can, like it's a good day out as well. Um, I should say if you're a season to go, their kids go free too. Remember that, that's um, a good game to get your, any young ones going to the first game. But Mark, um, a player they want to give a wee bit of attention to, so she's no one the player of the year, um, but I know she had your vote. Fine, she's had a fantastic season and she's got a couple of Scotland call-ups this year as well. Brogan Hay, what I like about Brogan Hay in that wing, she can she she can play a number of uh, positions. We do see her talking in the midfield at times. We see her go out to the wing, but she's very... Probably what the biggest compliment I'd say is she's probably what we've been lacking in the men's team in terms of that right wing position. Um, somebody who can just really dominate that. Um that side of the pitch. What's your thoughts been in Brogan Hay? Well, Brogan is my women's player of the season. Uh, she's an absolutely phenomenal wee player. She's like a, a wee whippet uh, down that right-hand side, number seven. Uh, she's fast. She's nimble. Uh, she's got a lot of technical skill. She's dribbling. She's brilliant. She's Get a fair number of goals. I can't remember exactly how many goals she's got. Uh, she get she get left out the team a couple of times uh, and put out. I can't remember if it was a an injury she got or she was just left out the team for, um, and used as a sub. And that's where we fell short. We just we 
that there was no intensity in the, the, the front players. And that's where I think we fell, fell back this season with the lasses because the last season, they never lost a game last season. So they were good. We get some bad results uh, against the, that mob, but they were draws. And uh, I think we got a, a really bad one against Hearts. It was a, it, we should be, we scudded them five, five nothing, six nothing, sorry, uh, the other day there. Uh, we played them, they got a one one, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Yeah, a one-one draw. Uh, for me, she, she's just been outstanding. Uh, every game, I think she seems to improve. You can see the technical ability, and she's why they players that never gives up. She's always there. She, if you could put her into a, a box and the, the men's side, the type of player, it would be like a. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Candice. That's the type of player she is. Lots of technical ability. Fast, fast as when Candice was peak wears, fast as hell. Done great runs, but done the right hand side. You watch her, she'll go by three or four players and, and they're standing about falling over each other because he's just kind of getting anywhere near her. I'm, I'm literally disappointed that she never got it. But uh, I suppose because I watch it so much, I know more than anybody else. So she should have got player of the season. And I'm sticking with that. <laughs> but Aye. she's not the only one, mate. There has been other ones. And I think you saw guys all mentioned them all. So if there's anything that you further that you need to know about them, just like, ask me. I think with Brogan, eh, she's, she's been about the 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 top flight scene for a few years, but you forget she's only 24. And I think to see that, that, um, that comparison to Daniel Candace, I think that is, she does have that aggression in her like small face day as well, but good technique on the ball. She's not just a, a wee mini Rottweiler, she can play as well. And I think there's a lot more to come for Brogan here, um, especially when she's in the international scene. So I think it's, um, uh, I think she's a worthy mention. Davey, before we announce who was the uh, Women's Player of the Year, because I know you don't get to um, to see much of the women's game, um, I, I want to ask your thoughts on the increased focus in the women's game and like how, how much this has really benefit the club and the support as a whole. The, the reason I ask is I've only really this year started to really properly follow the the women's side and the B team side and what really resonated with me was 
when the women's team were playing in the Champions League qualifier um, against Benfica, Rachel McLaughlin came out and spoke um, and she was asked about playing in front of the crowd at Ibrox. Um, you'll surely ask the question. Um, but she said that, but growing up, she always had the Rangers heroes, but there was nobody, there was no hero who she could try and be. But now seeing young girls in the in the stand, she could potentially be that hero. Somebody could grow up. Like I, I'm 30 years old. I still want, when I grow up, I still want to be Ronald DeBoer. But somebody might be watching this and want to grow up and be Rachel McLaughlin. And that was really inspiring to hear her say that in the in the press conference. I think we were just scratching the surface of the potential of women's football. And you could only go back to last weekend and see the uh, 80,000 turning up at Wembley for the, the women's FA Cup final. I mean, I never thought in my lifetime I would see something like that for women's football. You know, a full house at Wembley for the Cup final. So I think we've got lots of road ahead of us in terms of the Scottish game, but you can see that the, the effort has been put in there. The game has come on. I mean, it's unrecognisable from these girls were playing in public parks, you know, 15 years ago. There was uh, there was no money in it. There was no, you know, level of organisation. There were, it was women's football, but it was, uh, it was, if it wasn't amateur, then it wasn't far above it. But you can see, you know, the whole thing is, is kind of professionalised. Is that a word? is now has become a you know the, with the resources that have been applied to the game you can when you when i do watch the team I, and i i don't watch them regularly but you can see that the coaching that has gone into the to these girls in terms of how they play how they're structured you know they would uh, they would do the men's team proud in, in terms of you know the the discipline that they show in terms of applying what they've been told you know on the sidelines so I think that the only way is up for, for Rangers. I know that they won the league last season and, you know, we were uh, hoping for, for great things. And I think, you know, in due course, we will see that, you know, they've faltered, you know, this season as, you know, as, as Bill Struth says, we will have our trying times. We just have to egg grit our teeth and get through them. And I'm thinking they're having this season. You know, they, they, they could do the treble, you know, so it's, uh, I would have to say, though, in terms of... Uh, getting the result that's required this weekend, I think uh, they would have to have a wee bit of luck in all of this because there's obviously, a, a, they will have a vote in the game against Glasgow City, but the other, they don't have a vote in the other game. So there's nothing, to, so they're a kind of hostage to fortune in that respect. But as long as, if they can do their bit this weekend, then I think it will be mission accomplished. But the whole game, and, and they have, they will now become part of, of the Rangers setup. You know, we're having been, you know, incidental, you know, something, an afterthought almost. That's that's no longer the case. And you can just see that the now that they'll be playing at Ibrox on Sunday, you know, the European uh, football for the women's team, the whole thing is just mushroomed. I mean, it, it's actually taken me by surprise in terms of the speed of the growth of the women's game. And it's amazing to see. It's... No better example than last weekend when you've got a full house at Wembley. So that's... Yeah. You never thought. I never thought I'd see that. Uh, yeah, well, may it continue. But without further ado, Andrew, I'll let you announce who who's winning the Women's Player of the Year uh, since you voted for her and why. 
Uh, so the Gallant Few Rangers podcast, Women's Football of the Year, is Kirsty Howitt. I think uh, it was my vote. Yes, I have to say I, I did vote for. Her. I think uh, I gave very worth the applause. Um, I have to. Say, I just in the back of what David said. I think women's football Rangers is a great thing. I think all and that you talked about the using your chance for a season to go to, to your kids going free. All the the supporters. The, if you get the young girls in in your family, take them all in the games, and it could it. It, it, everything starts. Everything starts with one little thing. Take them to this game could lead them down a whole different path in their life, um, uh, towards football and then hopefully through Rangers. Um, but I think Kirsty, for me, has been. I, every time I, I have to say I don't watch it as much as I do. I, I, I look at the highlights. I don't go to the games, but I watch the highlights when I can. And it just seems like any time it pops up in social media, it's Kirsty how it was a, a, a rocket. Or a, I think it's, well, she got a hat trick against Hearts. I watched the highlights of that game. Um, Kirsty Howitt, do it, do it, do it, do it, I think it goes. Um, so yeah, for me, I think she's um, she's been there most of the season. I think every time I've seen social media, she's been getting on the score sheet. Um, so I, that's why I voted for. Johnny, um, last word on um, Kirsty Howitt with you. Um, I've I voted for her as well, and again, there's probably a few contenders um, that are in the conversation with the women's team. Kirsty Howitt, what? I really like about her. Um, she gets this reputation as our traditional number nine, but I think that does really do her an injustice. I think she's, in terms of a striker, she's probably she is more rounded than what she gets the credit for, and I think she's really um, she's really come into that um, fold this year. Don't get me wrong, she still got about 13, 14 goals, but I think her link-up play and just how key she is in the Rangers setup in, in terms of a focal point at times. Um, no, just through the middle as a number, number nine, but either side of that as well. I thought um, she really has. You, I think the marquee, a, a forward player, is you notice the, the jump off a cliff when they're not there and the games where she isn't there, you do really notice it. But I've been really impressed with Kirsty every time she's played this year. What's your thoughts on her getting the Gallant Fuse player of the year? Well deserved. Uh, She's probably the linchpin in our striking force. If we take a look between our midfield and our up front with the ladies, uh, there's a couple of new players come in and she's, I don't know, Kirsty's always there. She's always pushing and she links up well with them all. I mean, you see, one of them, Lizzie, Lizzie Arnott, she's Demi, one of our more prominent players and the link up between the two and I'm just trying to think of the, the, the players now, hold on uh, I think Jane Ross as well up front this has another good season as well there's there's so many I mean it's even midfield and it, it's uh, Kirsty McLean, brilliant uh, we Demi, is it make, make it, not Emma Watson Emma Watson. Mm-hmm. Emma Watson. She's signed a new contract name. as well. Um, she's only 17. Um, and she's playing fucking professional football. Um, brilliant. Another player. But it, but these players will, will all be interlinking linking with her. So, for me, you can't take it away from her. Uh, my, my two would have been the, the two that have, you've said. I would say they two were the two prominent ones within the team. But as a whole, I think the team have done really well. All but f- for the wee sort of a brain fart they had uh, about six weeks ago. 
I, I think they've, been, they've came back in again, and that's us. We're one goal above uh, the other mob on the, the same points, and Glasgow were two behind. So if we beat them, the thing is we need to beat them by a good score because I think that lot have got Hearts. We just beat Hearts 6 nothing. So we need to hope that Hearts pull out a performance like they did against us in the time before that and hopefully put a spanner in the works. And if we can go, go in, and if the lassies have got the right mindset, although it's Glasgow City, and they've been the dominant force in women's football for years, we could certainly, if we batter them, which I think we could, the, the lassies are capable. So if we can go in maybe four, five, or even six, the league's ours, and it would be thoroughly deserved, and it would probably be the best comeback, because three weeks ago... It didn't look as if we were going to be anywhere near it. Aye, we were playing for snookers. Um, that was the term getting used um, for the last five, five even even beyond three weeks ago. Um, but, and either way, mate, uh, either first or second, whatever happens, as long as we get a, a, a good result, it means we've got a Champion League spot as well. And that's where the big money is. And that's what we, we were talking about earlier on. To get to the levels where it is in English football, we need to get teams into the Champions League. If they want to start being self-sufficient, they need to start doing that. And they need to start competing against teams that have been... They've got the, they have got the best of the best. They've got female players that are better than some men teams that play in Scotland. <laughs> They're that good. So until, we, until they get to that standard, and that's another thing, this is down to Scot Scottish football in general. Until... The other teams start putting money in the same way Rangers and that mob have and Glasgow City have. We're not going to progress very much because they're going to be stuck because they're not putting money into the women's game. So everybody's been hindered by it. So hopefully if we can get this and get the Champions League and if the Lassies can get a really good season, maybe we'll start to make speed self-sufficient because I've got absolutely no idea how much the Lassies are paid. Obviously, oh. it's a fair bit less than the, the men. But obviously, that that's because they don't. People don't tend to go and watch it. But as I've always said, if I seen two flies climbing up a wall and one had a Rangers tap on, I'd be shouting for the man with the Rangers tap on. And I think most Rangers supporters are like that. Hi, um, absolutely. You'd be far pushed to to find man that's slow, but a massive well done to Kirsty Hibbert again on getting the Gallon Fuse Women's Player of the Year uh, for this year and a massive good luck to the Rangers ladies on Sunday if you can get along let's support the women um, on to the final award of the night then the Men's Player of the Year um, Davy, before we announce who the Gallon Few have voted for the Men's Player of the Year there's probably one man who has been in the you know, it's going to be a big talking point. And uh, i actually seen a couple of listeners say, can we award a, uh, a half a year of the, <laughs> a player of the half year award? Um, and of course, it would be Todd Campbell. Um, I can't even really remember somebody who is such a realistic, um, realistic suggestion for player of the year after signing in January and um, well maybe going back to Barry Ferguson signing for the second time in that um, 2005 season but even then the, the mark up the Rangers have had in the midfield with Todd Campbell 
he uh, talk to me about him so far this season. Well, Todd's been a, a shining light since he arrived. You know, I think I've had a look at my crystal ball today, and Todd Cantwell is the player of the year next year. So let's get that night sorted. All of my bow tie looked out for that for that award. But uh, Todd Cantwell, since he arrived, you know, I mean, he's everything we we hoped he would be, and probably more in terms of you know we we, we saw the reels before, you know, in technical ability, quick passes, quick movement. But what's uh, pr- probably surprised is is the energy, the this the aggression, you know the kind of attitude. You know the, he's just that wee bit. He's got the chest puffed out. He's a confident young man. Uh, he speaks very well. You know, and, and you can tell he's he's a confident young guy when you when you see him at the press conferences. But the good news about uh, Todd Cantwell is is he backs that up with performances on the pitch, uh, and I think there's a uh, there's only good things going to come from this. And it can in much the same way as uh, I'm hoping that Malik will benefit from, you know, an additional quote, an injection of quality to our team. I think uh, the same applies to Todd Cantwell. I think it's, uh, <clears throat> we can expect even more from Todd Cantwell. I think as he settles in, he now knows, and, and then he's, he's not the new kid in the block anymore. And he seems to revel in that kind of responsibility. Then I think, uh, Todd Cantwell's issue, and he, he, I don't think the bookies would take a bet for Todd Cantwell for Player of the Year next year. He's uh, unless something remarkable happens, but he's got it in spades. He's, My biggest fear is somebody somebody offers us fifty million for him in the summer, and we can't even knock it back. That is generally my biggest fear. Um, yeah. Before I come to you, Andy, I think um, there's a couple of people waiting to the show, and obviously don't get how prestigious the gallant few player of the year awards are. Um, but I did like this comment. Um, why does why is Colin dressed like he's about to advise me about a fixed rate mortgage? <laughs> I've, I've tried to go for glamorous and I've just went for fucking the banking wanker. There, there we go. But Andy, um, Todd Gantwell, he's, I don't think he has to do too much definitely be, oh, yeah, I, I do think he is going to improve next year. Um, and that's frightening to what level he can go to. But even if he, if this is his base rate and he stays at, he's still going to be a huge player for us next year. Yeah, it was it was just seeing him against that lot, um, just running rings around him. It was just superb. I mean, he, he really has the kind of the hatred that we all have for them, um, which was it's good to see. It's good that you've got players that uh, that that mimic that um, on the park because I think everybody they always say oh, the manager's kicking every pass, he's making every pass, winning every header. That's what we all understand. We want we want to be that person in the in the Rangers shot slide tackling there a lot and, and leaving leaving one in um, and he certainly wasn't afraid to do that um, against them at the weekend or I mean that celebration oof, jumping jumping the, the advertising boards uh, it was a great great photos of the expression across his face um, I think he, he, we certainly see that he's he gets it now um, which is always good sometimes we, we struggle with some players coming from the, from down south back up here and uh, sometimes the, the, the how big this our game is against them is sometimes not under, fully understood, but I think he definitely has grasped it, and it's, it's obviously not taking him that long either, which is great. He's going to be a real talent. Every time he's on the ball, you expect something magnificent from him. It's, 
it's just these decision making for me. I think I said to him, I think I said my dad, I went, that's, that's Premier League decision making. He just takes the ball, he picks the right part. I'm yet to see him make a wrong decision when he's on the ball. Um, and I think everyone had some some people had issues with the he's a luxury player, he might not be involved in the grit, but he wants the ball and he's not afraid to go and get it back if, he, if, if we've lost it. And that's just perfect for me. I think uh, he's someone we can all kind of get a uh, rally around. Um, and he's, he's, he's just some player. I'm, I'm lost for words every time I see him on the ball. And I know he's, he's had these issues down south with these issues outside of the game, but it looks like we've got him back focused on football and we're going to see the best of him. And I, <laughs> I worry how long, I just say, uh, just enjoy it while it lasts because I worry how long we're going to keep him. Johnny, you did actually vote him as your player of the year this year. Um, and no, you didn't. I was just realised, no, that, it wasn't you. It was somebody else. Somebody voted him as a player of the year this year. Um, but I know you, you're a big, big advocate of Todd Campbell. I do guess that you, we may be here on this table um, next year and you're, you're voting him for the player of the year then. Somebody just said in the, um, in the comments, just wait until he gets a pre-season under his belt. Again, I don't think there's much we can say about Todd Cantwell that Davey and Andy haven't already said, is there? Uh, well, Todd Cantwell, well, off-season chat, I think he's a future captain. Uh, I just uh, Everything about the laddie just screams excellence. I was worried when, he first, when I heard he was coming. I was like, oh, he sounds a wee bit of a, a flasher here. As, no, no, as in a... Uh, he's just like I don't know there's just something about the guy after a couple of games I said he gets it and I was right and then with the, he done the thing with the bottle I was like aye he definitely gets it and that game we had against him the weekend last weekend just epitomised exactly what he's all about put, put it this way I'm not saying Todd Cantmill's good right but if I walked in and Todd Cantmill and Tappy your missus calling I would wait till he finished and make him breakfast. That's how good he is. I was wondering where you were fucking going to go with that. <laughs> I, but, um, I'm just going to put in record that's um, what Curry would do, but I am no way endorsing that. Um, he's Until he wins um, a, a nice silver thing to wave at me, then the, the conversation's going to stay like that. Um, but no, I think we all agree that aye, if we if we were doing um, half a season awards, then... Absolutely, Todd Campbell. He's been a shining light since he came in at Rangers and won't be that and continue. But, a flashing light by the sounds. A flashing light by the sounds, it high. But, um, Curry, I'll let you go first um, with the player of the year because I know the next two gentlemen did vote, um, vote this player as their picks. But, James Tavernier, I know you're not the biggest fan, but in terms of the the players this season and their contributions. I know you put Fashion Sakala, but I think I don't think MD can deny that James Tavernier has been amongst your top contributors this season. And his head's in his hands. Why? 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 Obviously you guys totally disagree with me. Has he had good contributions this year? Yes and no. The majority for me is a no. I just, first four months of the season, we were all complaining he was towing a caravan. 
or a camper van if you, you vote for SNP, whatever. Uh, but moving on, uh, I don't know. As I say, see if we could have got the the tavernier that they played against that mob in uh, the that game, but the last game before that, I would have totally agreed with you guys. Uh, but I just don't think he's given enough. Although he's got all the the assists and all the goals, he takes every throw in, every free kick, every corner, every penalty. Maybe we've got the goals without him. Mm, I don't know. Maybe no. But for, for me, ah, sorry, I, I still can't turn around and say he's a player of the year for me. I'm sorry. I just can't. Sorry. No, that's completely fair enough. But Davey, I'm going to bring you in. Um, for me, like, well, I don't think we can't well aside. I don't think MD's went through the full season without having a, a poor spell. I mean, some days, some spells have lasted longer than the season. James Tavernier, uh, I think, like, cards on the table, I'm in the camp where I'm a big fan of James Tavernier, and I think he really polarises his support. So, you know, maybe sometimes I might be a wee bit biased, but I think he's, I really fairly understand the. Uh, why all the criticism falls on him when if Fashion Sagala maybe miskicks the ball, it's James Tavernier's fault, for example. But in terms of James Tavernier's contribution, I think he has stepped up and he has made a difference to the team at times. I don't think um I, I don't think even Terry Butcher or Richard Goff would be able to drag this Rangers team for the depths they were at to win the league this season. I don't think that should be a reflection in Tavernier. What's your thoughts? My thoughts are that kind of earlier in the season, I mean, I obviously don't know this for certain, but I would argue that there was there was clearly some sort of injury issue with Tavernier. I think he just played through it, you know, he just and being the stoical type chappy that he is, he just gets on with it, you know, which is to his uh, eternal credit, I would have to say, because that, that's what you need, it's someone who's just going to uh, you know, grind on through the pain. You know, obviously we had the Champions League. I mean, this season has been a bit of a disappointment. You know, in terms of we, we got off to a no bad start. We get through the qualifiers, got to the Champions League. We had, I mean, Geo's system was not, you know, nice in the that nice in the eye. But Tavernier, you know, just get he just he is super reliable. You know, I know we, and I think probably overly reliable in terms that he's quite willing to go out and play when he's not 100% fit and I think that was starting to kind of through, come through in his performances but I would have to say my, my this eventual decision to, to for James Tavernier as play of the year is, is probably based on his last two performances well the, the, the last league match at Parkhead where we lost 3-2 he scored both goals could have had a hat trick no one could have tried harder than James Tavernier than he did that day to, to get us a result in that game. We eventually came up short, but it wasn't James Tavernier's fault. He did, he was holding his end up. And I think if we'd have more James Taverniers on the pitch that day, we could we would have got a result. The other game was probably last weekend when he was asked to play a slightly different role where he was asked to be more of a defender, you know, up against Jota. And, and he actually did a very good job. So we didn't see him getting forward as much. You know, we were obviously... Uh, let them, you know, last weekend was a week in a change in emphasis by Michael Beale in terms of let them have the ball, 
and then when they move break break forward, come into their midfield, we break on them, and we saw Rangers do it time and time again. So Tavernier was not, you know, as as forward as he likes to be, as we would normally expect him to be. He kind of concentrated on on the defending, which you know he's often accused of not being the best at. But I thought he was excellent last week in terms of uh, nullifying their threat, you know, from Jota on on the wing and. Uh, so on that on that basis, and overall, and because uh, he is, he, I mean, in terms of results, I suppose you know we've been let down. You know they haven't been what we expected, but you cannot fault this boy for effort. He uh, he gives it his all. You know we could argue as to whether it's. I, th- I think again, you know, much like uh, Malik, as as I said earlier, you know the the whole team were kind of. The level of performance kind of dropped in the tail end of Geos, and then it took us a while to get uh, Michael Beale's uh, system into the team, and and all the players on the on the on the pitch will have suffered as a result of that, but uh, none none more than uh, I mean none less than James Tavernier. I think uh, Tav is has overall been, been our most consistent player, and the goals that he scored, you know, the one at Parkhead, you know, is. And other contributions, I think uh, he's he is Rangers Player of the Year. I, I cannot think of anyone who actually comes close. Totally, to totally do. agree with you, Davy. Andy, just to bring you in, and I'm interested to get your thoughts on this because I, back to the point where you know it's we've just done the the, the captain's pod, uh, myself, Mason, and Davy, and a big part of that was discussing what defines a captain, what do you look for in a captain, and what defines a successful captain. And apart, you and I have spoken about this before, where you know when we speak about Lee Wallace, for example, or Lee McCork, you know, sometimes it's hard. Like sometimes you can only pitch with the clock you've got. So, I ultimately a captain is defined going to be. <laughs> rated on how many trophies they win, but in terms of the merit that goes behind that, I think you need to do need to look at the team. On that point, I'm very excited to see James Tavernier and Michael Beals Rangers next year because when we're adding players like Rashton and Campwell and we're going to be adding probably more players who will suit James Tavernier as well. Don't get me wrong, I think we need a, an able deputy who can push Tavernier, but I'm very excited to see what he contributes next year. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if uh, if we see Dujon Sterling come in next season, and I think that would just just help Tavernier give a wee bit more competition. I think we've seen even I know I know I'm going about I'm about to say it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I think Borna Barisic has been quite decent since we've seen that fit Redvan Yilmaz in contention. Um, and of course we've seen Yilmaz being superb. Um, when he came in the last few games, I'm sorry, it's my opinion. I'll back Borna till I die. Um, but James Tav, um, I don't know if it's. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm 21. I've I've only seen I've seen Barry Ferguson the second time round. I've seen Stephen Davis. I've seen Lee Wallace. I've seen Lee McCulloch, and then James Tav has been probably the most consistent for me. Um, I think people are forgetting James Tav is doing better numbers this season than he did during the 55 year, and we all remember how superb James was during that season. Um, I think well when he when we. When he is replaced, or if he if he retires, I think we'll 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 see a difference in the person who will take his spot at right back. Um, and I think, but at that point, we'll we'll look back at Tavernier's reign. I think he scored some massive goals for Rangers. Um, 
just uh, the first one that springs to mind, I know it's probably not the biggest one, but for me, the, the early goal against Braga, um, Ibrox last season, that, that and then the celebration of, come on, let us go, we're, we've got something to play for here. I, I, I think the push comes to shove games, he shows he's a, he's a real leader, he gets the fans g up, some of the games he, he is, is accused of hiding, I can understand that, but uh, that people feel that way. I, I think, I think, as somebody said, history will look good on Tavernier, and I think even if he can get another couple or couple cups in a, a league or two, um, then that will be even better for him. Uh, so there we go. That's why we have not unanimously, um, but we have voted James Tavernier Men's Player of the Year. So that will bring us to a close. Uh, but just to recap everything that we've ran through tonight. So goal of the season was James Tavernier's free kick at Celtic Park. Um, young player of the year was Malik Tillman. Women's player of the year was Kirsty Howitt. And men's player of the year, James Tavernier. So that'll be, we're just about to wrap up. But before I let the podders say a goodbye, um, is a wee word for, for me um, in terms of, but it's not quite the end of the season yet. And the pods will still keep on running through the summer, but it's a nice time to reflect. Just a massive thank you to. All the podders, the boys have been here for a couple of years and the boys have just came in over the last couple of months. It's, um, you know, it's really a really solid community that we're trying to build here in Garden Few. Um, and I find all the work that goes on behind the scenes with the podders, um, even the boys that come on and speak about the non-ranger stuff in the Premier League show as well. Um, it's a great wee team we've got, but more importantly, or probably just as equally important that you guys tune in and listen every week. It's a massive support. The fact that he's you are willing to put a pound in uh, your pocket is a pound out your pocket as well to support the pod. Um, we're getting into the the Rangers games now. We're getting into media access. We're getting next players on. A massive thank you to all the listeners. Um, it's been no a great year for Rangers, but a huge year for the pod. So a massive thank you. So. Without further ado, I'm going to ask all the podders to say their goodbyes. Um, first of all, Mark, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Thank you so much. Uh, I thought I was getting beat over the head by a baseball bat for the last 10 minutes, right enough. But uh, I'll survive. I've took worse beatings in my life, I can assure you. Uh, thanks for having me on, mate. And just to reiterate what you just you were just talking about, I want to thank all you guys for welcoming me. Um, probably one of the newer ones to the pod. Uh, obviously, I've got completely different thoughts than everybody else. The way I act myself as well, I'm not exactly everybody's cup of tea, but what you see is what you get. I try and be as honest as I can. Uh, the reason I do it is because I love Rangers. That's my club. That's my life. That's what I bleed. And everybody that comes to watch us, it just makes... It's not one. It's not a vain thing. It just it makes me happy knowing that people come in and watch us talk about the club that we all love. And as I've always said, I'm no different from everybody that comes onto your chat and watches us. Uh, and a big thank you to everybody, all the people that have donated over the last few months since we managed to get our Magic 1000. I think we're sitting on uh, over 1,200 just now, which is brilliant. Uh, so thank you to all you, all the people that have joined us in a subscription. Thank you. We do do extra content, and it is well worth it. Uh, I mean, say put it this way: I, I even watch it, and I'm part of the pod, and I go back and I watch it, and that some of the part is brilliant. Then the, the EPL, I'm not really interested in that, but I watch that, 
and the guys that you don't probably don't, you haven't seen on here, they're really funny, they're really entertainment, uh, entertaining, sorry, and they're worth watching as well. Because even if you've got a wee interest in English football, they do, they are really knowledgeable. So it's good to listen to them as well. And um, my last wee shout out uh, can go to the Battle Fever pod. Uh, they gave me, me a shout out, or the lads in the pod a shout out, and I'd like to return the favour. Uh, they are a bright, wonderful guys. I, I try and watch as many Rangers pods as I can, because that's that's my entertainment, is watching other people talk about Rangers and how they differ from me. So, probably 90% of them I either watch or enjoy. I just want everybody to enjoy this as well, and have a good night, and thank you. No, just to echo that, we've always said um, if you're looking for Rangers coverage or whatever, if you don't like us, there's plenty of Rangers content. You you will find a Rangers podcast or coverage you like. The days of relying on the record are gone. Go and support fan media, even if it's not us. The stalwart of the Gallant Few, thanks for coming on as always, David Pollock. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you, Con. Yep. Um, I mean, I'm looking forward, you know, to the end, the rest of the, this season in terms of the games. So we, we saw we had a wee hint of the last couple of games, you know, against Aberdeen and that mob, you know, where, you know, Michael Beale's making changes to the team. I think we've got uh, obviously a few irons in the fire in terms of new signings. So obviously, you know, same as the women's team. We, we, we never stop. This is uh, continually rebuilding. I think we the whole process has kind of slowed down the last couple of years more than it should have. I think we should have, uh, post-55, you know, there should have been a bit more dynamism in, in terms of turning over the squad. We didn't do it. I think we suffered from that, but we're going to do it now. So hopefully we get the players in place, you know, that will will improve on the likes of Todd Cantwell, give Tavernier, you know, and one of the points I was thinking of when we were discussing James Tavernier there, there was that I think because our forward line has been so lightweight that James Tavernier's ability to, to contribute, you know, going forward is, is has been a bit more limited because we haven't had the quality up front that we should have, you know, with a firing Ryan Kent. And uh, you know we had we were in a much better place, and uh, the, who was mentioned earlier was uh, Daniel Candias. I think Daniel Candias and, and James Tavernier were a double act in terms of you know how well they performed and and their ability to move the ball down the right hand side. And, and I was uh, sorry to see Candias go, and I don't think we've ever quite replaced him in terms of someone who kind of fits with James Tavernier. So hopefully we can get that corrected in the summer. But uh, sunny days ahead, guys. We are the people. We are. And the very last word goes to the best dressed man on the pod tonight. Thanks very much for joining, Andrew. Cheers, Colin. Cheers, guys. Just chat. Um, yeah, I've only been on a few. It's, it's weird how the first podcast I was on here was after, I think it was the 3-0 loss at Parkhead. Um, but, oh, that was a baptism of yeah. fire, that one, mate. Yeah. Apologies. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I've enjoyed every single week I'm on. Um, enjoyed again for the, your your paying subscribers. I, I I did my my top eleven with uh with Mason recently. You can check that out. Um, again, you have to remember I'm 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 classed as the young team here. Um, I don't have the the great memories of Coopers and Loudrops. I've got 
Krabaris and Sindazas. So just adjust your your uh, criticism accordingly. Um, <laughs> I'm worried my curry's going here. Every time I see the hand go up, I'm worried. Um, yep, uh, great, just great. I'm enjoying every second of it. Uh, just know. to interrupt you there, Andrew, uh, it's like you're, you're saying you're the young team. I'm not saying you're young, but we all know you're wearing a diaper underneath that shirt and bow tie. We I'm actually know. wearing range, range of shorts under it. <laughs> I thought you were going to actually say something else here. I'm like, do I want to hear this? <laughs> I, I, I had to completely look with uh, some range of shorts. No. No. You're looking magnificent, mate. Yeah. Uh, full credit. Usually, I get called yeah. that ugly bastard. So I'll take that. Up is that? Is that? A I, oh, I would never say that. With a face like this, I can't call anybody ugly. I'm never going to say that about anybody. I can assure you. Uh, you're looking well, mate, and you've done the pod proud. Yeah, and on that note, thanks very much for listening, everybody. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning for the news, and then we'll be back with full coverage of Hibs v Rangers men and Rangers v Glasgow City women, and then the Sunday night live stream on Sunday. So make sure you're out about in Sunday for the Garden View coverage. Take care. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 